Hi, welcome to Changemakers, a smarter school podcast exploring how to live a successful and happy life. I am Katlehom Klochema, your host. On every episode, I talk to great thinkers and doers from different walks of life who are at the forefront of positively impacting society. Our conversations focus on their specific journeys to achieving their goals. We talk mindsets, books, advice, and tools they use to keep them motivated. All the key ingredients you need for a happy and fulfilling life. I hope you enjoy this next episode. In the applied mathematics uh, faculty instead of engineering or the health sciences for medicine, etc. How, how did your interest in mathematics start, actually? Do you, can you remember anything um, in particular or, or do you have any, any unique experience that made you, you know, go towards uh, maths than any other subject, especially when you said you wanted to be a doctor before? Yeah, so I think my maths experience is actually an interesting one. So remember I said that I've uh, spent like my childhood in the Eastern Cape. So the place is rural. So I was unable to construct anything in English. So when I went to Bank, I was being laughed at for not being able to speak properly, for not being able to, you know, grasp like the basics. So math was the only thing that I could sort of like find solace in doing because that's what I could basically understand. So at the time, I mean, I had to transition from doing Isikosa to doing Isazulu, you know, which was also a big shift. And, you know, like, you know, I was also getting a lot of things wrong, you know, putting closer words in Isazulu and my teachers, you know, like would call me out. My English was not proper. I was unable to, you know, like say half the things that like half the uh, kids in my class could say could do so so that really meant that I had to really pull up my socks but uh, I never really found that struggle with maths and that has just been you know um, improving over time and at some point it was kind of like effortless by the time I get to high school it was something that was much easier to do for me than anything else, which, you know, I knew that wherever I go, if things really, really get tough, you know, I'm being asked all these fancy things in English. But as soon as you bring me like a math question paper here, so you know, for X. Just smile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. On this episode, I speak to Simon Baba Beguzu, a data scientist who is passionate about building scalable models and applying machine learning techniques to improve business functions. What did I just say? Exactly. To many of us, myself included, this is a foreign subject. But why? It shouldn't be. Join me now in conversation with Simon on what artificial intelligence is and how it's applied in our daily lives. On the first part of our conversation, Simon takes us through his journey from childhood as a cattle herder in rural Eastern Cape to finding his passion in numbers after being unable to communicate confidently in English with his peers and teachers at school, and how he is using his love for mathematics um, in the artificial intelligence space to make Muller, and as you will hear, to live a softer life. I mean, the guy can't walk barefoot anymore. Please enjoy. Hi, Simon. How are you? I'm very good, KG. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for joining us on this Change Makers podcast today. I appreciate your time. Thank you. 
thank you for having me on the show sure. uh yeah I, I see that there's a bit of a delay in terms of our connectivity um which <laughs> uh, might might be a problem as we go but um, we'll we'll handle it and sort it out so i mean as a start you know the first question is you know um obviously you know who's who's simon Beguzul, you know, where were you born? You know, what's your academic background and how did you get to to where you are today? And just briefly also explain what you currently do, uh, you know, to our to our audience. So can you maybe just try to summarize that in like uh, two minutes or so? Cool. Thank you, KG. Um, so, yeah, as you have mentioned, so my name is Simon uh, Beguzulu. So I was born, I was actually born in Bumalanga, um, but when I was very young, I was taken to Eastern Cape. That's where I spent most of my childhood. So that's about from the ages of about 2 to 13 years. So I was staying there. I was a, was a gold header. So I was basically looking after um, the home's livestock and all that stuff. So I used to be the guy that would go to the bush to fetch the cows and run after everything, go barefoot and all that. So I used to be tough when I was young. And then um, when I was about 13, I went to Wheat Bank. That's when I actually started my primary. And um, <clears throat> until I actually completed my metric. Um, so I've spent um, a bit of my teenage years that side. And then for my university, I went to um, Johannesburg. Um, I studied at VETS, so that was about from 2008, that's when I did my first year. I graduated in 2010, um, 2011, I did my postgrad, and in 2012, I started working my first job. 2013, I, was, um, I actually went back to school again to do the computer science and uh, applied maths uh, honors. And in 2014, that's when I started working. So I was part of the graduate program at Standard Bank, and that's how the journey began, basically. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so you're saying now you're living soft because you were saying when you were younger, you used to to go barefoot. You were strong then. So it sounds like uh, uh, these days you're not as strong. Used to the soft life, eh? post post varsity. <laughs> So I think, yeah, that's actually quite interesting. So that's actually quite interesting. Yeah. So I'll be just brief on that. So um, so I do go to Eastern Cape. So that is still a place I call home. But I've just realized that almost like 90% uh, of the things I used to do then, including the distances I used to walk then, I'm unable to do right now. The places I used to go to, the mountains I used to climb. So that's why I'm saying, uh, yeah, I used to be tough then, but not now. So right now I can't walk barefoot in the yard. That time I used to walk barefoot in some rocky places, some very uncomfortable territories to be in. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's interesting. I I want you to give us a bit more um, in terms of, you know, your uh, maybe let's start with your facility. Um, you know, what exactly did you study? You know, how did you get interested in that subject? And you said you went to work and came back, you know, what made you come back and decide to do uh, uh, computer science, you know, um, after a few, I think it was a year or two of, of work? So sure. just take us briefly through, through those, those years. 
Yeah, sure. That's actually an interesting question. So, um, ironically, if the last time you met me was in high school, you would have thought that this guy would be a doctor by now because that's what I wanted to do. But things changed when my technical drawing teacher uh, basically approached me and he was impressed with my progress um, on like how I solve problems, how I can do like the assembly of like those drawings, you know, like they give you like these bits and pieces and then you put them together and you create this nice view. So, and then he sort of tried to implicitly persuade me to do engineering and um, I was not quite as convinced, but what then eventually happened is that he got me uh, sort of like a scholarship um, in a company called the Samanka. So those guys came and then they sponsored us for everything that we would need in like the metric. Um, so I think it was the two of us uh, from our high school. So from stationary to uniform to basically uh, applications to university to access to mentorship and all that stuff. And that really fast-tracked the whole journey of me wanting to further my studies. Um, so that's how then the sort of shift from like a medicine into like the technical fields like engineering. So when I went to university in my first year, I didn't really know what, um, what was being offered, um, how to go about it. So I was basically working alone. I had to make these decisions on my own. I didn't have anyone else that I could consult. And I went to a professor of the School of, Appl of Applied Math. And um, I basically explained my situation and he was friendly enough to be able to, you know, relate. I'm sure obviously he had been exposed to situations like my situation where someone comes in and has completely zero understanding of, you know, what the university is about, what's being offered, what's the, what's the difference between a degree and a diploma. I didn't know that. And um, so... All I knew was that I was interested in maths and I wanted to do maths for as long as possible. And he basically uh, advised so me that's... to do BSc. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's why. So you decided on maths before you applied to VITS. And that's why you decided to call, to talk to someone in the applied mathematics uh, faculty instead of engineering or the health sciences for medicine, etc. How, how did your interest in mathematics start, actually? Do you, can you remember anything um, in particular or, or do you have any, any unique experience that made you, you know, go towards uh, maths than any other subject, especially when you said you wanted to be a doctor before? Yeah, so I think my maths experience is actually an interesting one. So remember I said that I've uh, spent like my childhood in the Eastern Cape, so... The place is rural, so I was unable to construct anything in English. So when I went to Witbank, I was being laughed at for not being able to speak properly, for not being able to, you know, grasp like the basics. So math was the only thing that I could sort of like find solace in doing because that's what I could basically understand. So at the time, I mean, I had to transition from doing Isikosa to doing Isazulu you know, which was also a big shift. And, you know, like, you know, I was also getting a lot of things wrong, you know, putting closer words in this Zulu and my teachers, you know, like would call me out. My English was not proper. I was unable to, you know, like say half the things that like half the uh, kids in my class could say, could do. 
So, so that really meant that I had to really pull up my socks, but uh, I never really found that struggle with maths. And that has just been, you know, um, improving over time. And at some point it was kind of like effortless. By the time I get to high school, it was something that was much easier to do for me than anything else, which, you know, I knew that wherever I go, if things really, really get tough, you know, I'm being asked all these fancy things in English, but as soon as you bring me like a math question paper here, so you know, for X. Really just smile. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's how no, I actually became comfortable around, you know, being able to do math. So even with engineering, I knew that there was math, but there were like a whole lot of other things that I didn't know if I, you know, like mm -hmm. I was going to enjoy, you know, I was going to be able to basically relate with as I do with math. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's powerful that you, you found solace in, you know, in a subject. Um, and, and look, today it has, you know, uh, shaped you and made your career and you sound very eloquent, I must say. Um, so I think that's your story. A lot of South Africans, including myself, will, you know, uh, black South Africans will relate to. Uh, because I remember actually <laughs> speaking English uh, used used to be tough. We used to learn English in in our own languages, you know. So <laughs> um, uh, speaking English like this uh, was quite foreign until at least you know first year or second year of varsity. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. No, I I feel that. I definitely feel that. Um, so I want to digress a bit, you know, um, and and look at now post. You know, uh, university. You went back and did computation uh, as this computer science. So I want to understand why after you know that part. You know why after you had worked a bit. You know you had done your applied mathematics. That's what I'm understanding. Went to work a bit, came back and did computational science. You know I want to know why that transition and what what caused that. And then just also explain a bit. You know, um, you know artificial science and what you're currently doing today. Yeah, sure. So that's actually an interesting question. Um, so throughout, so maybe let me just take you back to my later years in my university. So I started, you know, having these questions around, okay, so now I understand math, but how can I use this thing? Where would I work, you know? So when you go into like that uh, curriculum, you know, you know, there's like this breakdown of what you need to get into the field. Once you've got this degree, where can you apply this degree? So I've like read up on like all those things and, you know, like it was just endless, you know, like um, opportunities that you get exposed to once, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten this thing, but provided obviously you can relate to the field. So that then prompted me to really think critically about where do I want to sort of like apply my skills and my knowledge that I've acquired. And that's where the love for computer science and the love for algorithms or programming started coming in. But I was a math, uh, you know, like student at the time, which is where then I had to bridge that gap to say, so what can I do to effectively get there? But at the same time, I was developing this interest for business, you know, like uh, understanding like accounting, understanding like the economics, you know, 
and how the different factors of the economy, you know, from micro to macroeconomics affect basically, you know, like the running of the company. What does running of the company do? You know, understanding, you know, like what people mean when they talk about like the market share, the market cap, you know, like the shares, you know, like the stock exchanges and like all that stuff. So um, I then got exposed to, you know, like people who would come on campus. Uh, I think, you know, like in our third years. So that's where now you could really understand what, you know, what roughly is happening out there. And uh, one of my first love was something called algorithmic trading. So I don't know if you've heard of it, but basically there what you do I've, I've is heard that algorithms. I'm still struggling to understand <laughs> algorithms. What is this? <laughs> so yeah, please do explain. <laughs> yeah, sure. So the algorithmic trading is basically you trying to uh, write a code that you know uh, can automate what would normally be manually done by traders. In, you know, like the trading flaws. You know, um, be it like um, interpreting. You know, like uh, yeah, the equity and buying of shares and like currencies and like all that stuff but like in a sort of like an automated in an automated system and you know how you improve those decisions over time and how you scale that and basically how you do like that fast execution you know so as a, as a single person obviously you know like doing that thing where you analyze the company you can only you know be limited to so much but if you've got a system that has got this logic of what to look for you know what are the red flags what are the green flags and you know like for me to do the execution what i need yeah let's let's track back up but i want to understand this algorithm algo you see can't even pronounce the word now algorithmic uh, uh, trading right um is in simple terms is is this you when you're saying writing a code is this like a formula that then is used by like what a computer software to analyze um you know trades so buying and selling of a certain stock um, or certain yeah let me call it stock of a, of a company and then that system makes a decision for you whether you should buy or sell something. Am I am I understanding you properly? Exactly, exactly. So in a, in a nutshell, it's all the decisions that generally a trader would go through. So a trader would have like the team mm -hmm. that's doing the research come with information to say, we think you should buy this company. Then he will also have his own input, right? And then goes and like buy the company. So what the system is doing is that now it's kind of like doing all that without like a human intervention in the process. So when sure. you can achieve when okay. you can achieve that with the system is that now you are not limited to trading X amount of trades a day. You can scale that across like domains and fields that you know like a like a sort of like human is you know uh, limited to in a sense. Yeah. So you got interested in um, in this algorithmic uh, trading while you were working at uh, is it Massmart or Standard Bank, and then went back to do your your postgrad in computational science, and then and then what happens next? Next. Yeah, and then um, so at at Massmart, I was actually a business intelligence uh, graduate there. So that exposed me to you know 
how you do the competitor analysis, how you analyze, you know, the financial statements and all that stuff. You know, what do you extract from like the balance sheet and all that? Um, and you know, what is equity? What is return on investment? So that that exposed me to that, and it was actually good that I had that information going back, um, you know, because at some later point, so you, it, it, it actually comes up. So post that, and after doing my postgrad, I then went on to work at Standard Bank. So I was fortunate enough that I was part of the uh, program where we were being rotated, you know, to different um, different divisions to understand how they work, and you would also get your hands dirty, you know, get the information from the team, you know, have your KPIs. Obviously, that meant you also had to, you know, meet certain targets. So that was good in terms of giving you exposure to the like overall running and operations of the company because, you know, that like uh, meant you could go from like understanding like a couple of businesses in retail to a couple of businesses in like the uh, business side of the bank. Uh, yeah, so which is where I got exposed to this, like, um, you know, like, uh, trading, uh, you know, how they basically go about with like that and, uh, data, you know, like in the data warehouse, which is, you know, once that was done, then the whole task was you would have to come up with some sort of motivation as to where do you feel that you best fit in. And then they would try and make an effort to sort of like place you there which I think was a very sort of like easy way into like the corporate because, I mean, if you just get in there, it could be very, very overwhelming because uh, there's just so much gap between what you know theoretically from like a university, like school level to what you have to do when you go to the corporate, you know, because, you know, you realize there's a lot of like stakeholder management, which you don't know. It's good. It's just you, your books, get good marks. That's all. So you go to corporate. It's not just about you being able to execute very well on your given mandate, but it's also being able to, you know, uh, maintain the relationship, be able to get information that you want from people, understand that there's like a lot of, um, work that you don't know that you have to rely on people to be able to produce and you know so there's just so many nuanced details that you have to navigate yeah yeah no i mean uh you know i'm not plugging standard bank but it, it sounds like an awesome program you know um to that was um uh, had a mentoring you know um aspect to it to make sure that uh, you as a new graduate you know are exposed to different parts of the business and, and you get to to have some feel of where you think you would um, you know have impact and also feel um, that you would be you know adding some value so yeah I think I mean look uh, I'm glad that they did that thank you for listening and thanks to Simon for sharing his inspiring story so far he's proven that your beginning does not have to determine your end I learned that finding enjoyment in what you do is what keeps one inquisitive and open to learning more, thus creating opportunities to tap into. Notwithstanding the well-designed professional development programs that Simon was part of post his student career and the support that he received from his teachers and mentors. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Note that our conversation is not done. I spoke to Simon and we delved deeper into artificial intelligence. 
We spoke about how it's being currently used and spoke about the threats that it poses to our society and whether we should embrace it or not and what would be the potential solutions to the problems that we are facing today using artificial intelligence. See you on the other side, part two of this conversation. Let's go. This has been a Smarty School production. Catch you on the next episode. Stay smart and keep well. If you enjoyed this episode of Changemakers, please subscribe if you have not already. Help us spread the word by rating and commenting on the podcast. We like hearing from you. As this will help us create better content and reach more people. Share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues whom you think will benefit or like this sort of content. If you have questions for me or my guest, or topics that you would like us to discuss next time, email me at podcasts at smartschool.co.za.